Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Looks like some girls are about to have some big fun. <laughs> we have a musical episode to discuss. My name is Jackie Zabrowski. My name is Molly Neffel. And we've got things to say about chapter 51. Big fun. Heather's the musical. I, you know what? Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say in the first 20 minutes of this I was like, I hate this. I'm out. No, not into it. Because this is also hard confession. I didn't really like the episode, the Carrie, the musical episode last year. And I don't think I remember truly confessing that last year because so much happened. But the musical part of it left me lacking. Uh But honestly, by the end of this episode, I was... All aboard the Musical Express. How did you feel? I'm glad. So Jackie and I, listeners, should know we have not talked about our feelings before we started recording. Whatsoever. We don't. No, we no, no. Not, ju- we jump right in. We jump right in. We don't know. We watched it separately. We don't know how each other feels. Yeah. So I hated. I fucking hated the Carrie episode. I hated it. I was like, I love musicals and I love Riverdale. Why do I hate this? But I hated it. And so I was dreading watching Riverdale Heather's musical I was like putting it off like on Sunday Giddy was like do you want to watch it and I was like no 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 I I, I, I was actually dreading it and then uh you know it's interesting that took you 20 minutes it took me much less time this time like like the opening number yeah the opening number I was like you know, I don't hate it. And I don't know what the change was because it's still the exact same painful musical theater feeling of the first episode. But we both love musicals. We both love musicals. What's But there's just like I come to Riverdale for my like spicy, sexy 25 year olds playing teenagers drama. I don't come for a yeah. musical, you know, and. Yeah. And also, like, I I do love musicals, but, like, not to be a purist or anything, but, like, I... I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> Please tell us your purist thoughts. I need to hear them. I have to know. I'm afraid this is going to sound like the biggest dick thing to say on earth, but, like, I've never been really... Uh, this is so annoying, but, like, I... I 
I never liked Glee or like, and I'm not, no, I know some people love Glee. I know that's sacrilege. There's a lot of people that love Glee, but also I couldn't get into Glee either. I completely understand. Like the, t- and I never really watched High School Musical, so I don't know whether I would have liked it or not. But like the, the like modern popular television musical as a genre has never done it as much for me as like, you know, PBS production of like a live taping of a concert of the music of Les Mis and a bunch of people standing on stage. Yes. You know, like <laughs> I, I like like stay. I like I like you know musical theater and and TV musicals feel like something a little different to me. Um, yeah, and I like musical episodes. Like I like. I think we talked about this last time with Carrie. Like I like like the Saved by the Bell episodes where they were like in bands and everything was musical. But there's something about the cast break kind of breaking the fourth wall and having the cast sing that makes that made me feel especially during the Carrie episode made me feel extremely embarrassed and uh and I don't know whether I've just lost have nothing left to be embarrassed about with Riverdale anymore but but I was just less embarrassed for them (laughs) this time yeah but also because most of them can sing so they do have that going for them and I feel like See, I was I didn't know that Heather's had a musical. I did, of course, love the mu- movie, but I, I I don't keep up on the new musicals nowadays, which I ended up going back and listening to after I watched this episode because I feel like it did more seamlessly, like where they just like their emotions were too high that they had to burst into song. Yeah, was there way more than it was in the Carrie episode? Yeah, yes, yes, agree, and it worked right. Like I. Right, and I also, in addition to loving musicals in Riverdale, I also love Carrie and Heather's, and but uh, and so I thought I would like the Carrie musical, but it didn't. Yeah, it just felt like so. It just felt like so. Like, what is going on here? Whereas for some reason with Heather's, it worked. Like the songs really worked in terms of the plot, and they like worked it in it with dialogue in a music very musically way and also the the costumes and everything i was totally there for yeah. i loved cheryl as the main hbic and i think but i did i kind of hated that it was betty and veronica as her like backup heather's bitches though yeah i felt weird about that too because i was like this this these three i have always liked that those three become a united front when need be like with when an outside threat is there the three of them unite but the three of them have not been even remotely a united front for like the whole season because a while yeah but it makes sense because cheryl and tt had broken up right before this episode that of course they would come together as a front because that's when cheryl needs it she uses everyone like her her little pawns whenever she needs them and so that's why we should start talking with Cheryl and Titi, baby. Yes. Go, what's going on with them this episode? Oh, my God. How about step into my candy store? How about <laughs> the dance-off, the choreo dance-off between Cheryl and Titi? That's when I was one. Yeah. That's when I was like, okay, I'm here for it. Yeah, that's. I definitely said out loud to Gideon, you know, I always love a dance-off. You know, like, I think that once <laughs> there's a dance-off, I was like, any reservations I had about this are gone because there is now a chore- choreography dance-off. And it's about choreography. <laughs> it's about the fact that TT is apparently a fly girl, which we have never known before. She's never danced once before. And they're like, oh yeah, TT is like a hip-hop dancer. So she comes in and she's going to choreograph the uh, This and I love also I love I love the musical theater nerd in me loves that they get a set and costumes before they've planned any choreography. 
any choreography. Also, that the fact that they had a cast party in costume before. <laughs> Even the week of the show. You can't wear your costume to a party. What if you spill something on it? No. And also, meanwhile, cut to my mom furiously backstage sewing things right before we're like about to go on stage. Yeah. Which is essentially what high school theater actually is. Yes. Yeah. The set and the costumes maybe come the week before, you know, like... The hell week the week before the show and I love in Riverdale they're just like everything looks perfect we have a huge budget even though there's only like 16 kids in this entire production and <laughs> and and now that we've got the set and the costumes ready now we will bring in TT for the choreo and Cheryl refuses to be choreographed love by TT oh my god and when oh my god when um Evelyn Edgar ever never uh, when Evelyn oh god so difficult to say <laughs> Evelyn Evelyn Edgar, gar, Evelyn ever never goes into the bathroom to like bring out Cheryl and she's like, go look at Titi and Titi's just wearing all red. I am red. I invented red. <laughs> I, I, I was just like, have like, I, I wanted another angry fuck scene between the two of them, like right there in the middle of the hallway when she told her she had to be out of the school by Monday. Well, and what was it that Cheryl said when Ed, Evelyn came in? She was like, uh, she said, I can't remember the greeting, but she said, uh, you know, something like, hello. What's your damage, What's child your da- of the you. corn? What's your damage, <laughs> child of the corn? That, I was like, man, I love Cheryl. This is the lines <laughs> from Riverdale that keep you coming back. What's your damage, <laughs> child of the corn? Child of the core. That line was fucking perfect. (laughs) Maybe so. Maybe because also Cheryl's just the kind of character, man, she just fucking says it like it is. Which also, TT, you should have known this when getting into a relationship with Cheryl. That's a forever relationship. Or she gonna fucking kill your ass. Yes, that's true. TT is like. No matter how tough you are, TT. Yeah, TT's very tough, but she's looking at Cheryl like, why are you acting so unreasonable? And it's like, this is what Cheryl does. Look at her. You know she's unreasonable. You guys were a powerhouse together. But then, so that keeps going, and it's just like them going against each other via, like, via musical songs. And then, what about the, oh my God, the song when when Titi's like, you know what, screw you, Cheryl. And then she goes and pulls in, I guess her name is Peaches? And Sweet Pea and was going to have a threesome on the stage with the three of them while singing. And the fact that she stopped it, I have never had such blue balls in this show in my (laughs) entire life. I was just like, please have sex. Please, all three of you have sex with each other. You're all beautiful and I want to watch you make fuck. It was really was an example of an, yet another, often during Riverdale, I'm just so glad that all the actors are in their mid-20s, and uh, the, the woman who was going to be in the threesome with uh, with um, T.T., who, yeah, I don't think we'd ever met before. Peaches. She just yeah. took all her clothes off and was standing on stage, and she was hot as hell, and then Ooh. Sweet Pea's like, yeah, all right, let's do this, and then okay. and it's all a song, and then T.T.'s like, uh, stop, I can't do this. Because I love that, because I feel like that really does, it shows not only teenager feelings but also adult feelings so i feel like i've been there before it's like okay you want to break up with me you want to break up with me i'm gonna go fuck these two very attractive people <laughs> and then you're gonna then you're gonna be upset but no you're you end up being the only one upset even if they're with hot people usually like ah maybe i shouldn't have done that maybe i shouldn't have fucked them on the high school stage but <laughs> 
Like during rehearsal hours, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> well, during the middle of the day at school. Yeah, middle of the day at school. And uh, yeah, so so that's I mean, that was another that was a great example of how the songs worked for that plot line with with Cheryl and T.T. And and the whole framing of the musical also was I think it worked um better this time because first of all they're going in with the baggage of Kevin having feel feeling responsible for Midge's death for Midge she was killed on stage during the last musical uh and then also Evelyn uh child of the corn horning in and basically being like <laughs> oh I'm in like the uh co-directing this with Kevin and using the musical as an opportunity to like you know bond the cast to the farm rather than just to each other and so that also made like it just seemed like there was a purpose like the first episode I was like none of these people have ever like none of them do musical like there's no why are they doing this and and why are they doing this in this episode it made so much sense because obviously I'm like over any suspension of disbelief I'm like sure Archie's in a musical fine uh but like but like the also fangs i love that fangs and sweet pea are always in the musicals now i know i know and uh i don't even think they were i can't even remember if they were there when midge was killed but fangs is like yeah i'm really traumatized by it but but the no, whole because remember fangs was with midge fangs was with midge i thought that other guy was with midge moose no it was a member because uh moose ended up going with kev but like he was kind of with her but i remember like fangs was backstage with midge which is why everyone thought it was fangs that killed midge oh thank you i had forgotten about that yeah so that's what i remember with the whole like uh town riot and everything when they like were going after fangs and wanted fangs to be dead oh okay i think i didn't really know who fangs was the way that i know him now he was very new at that point um, but right, so so the whole thing is framed by Evelyn using the show as a vehicle to con- to to get close to people so that she can like bring them into the farm, and that's another element that makes the whole um, structure of it work because it's like everyone's singing their songs together, but there's like this nefarious underlying alternative motivation coming from both Kevin and Evelyn because it works so much better than it did with Carrie and the Black Hood because because the two didn't go together but Heather's worked so well with someone just like plotting to take over which we will get into oh my god all of that but also how great was Cheryl and Titi how happy I am that they got back together I was I was like yes yes please get back together but also that song 17 how great is that song yeah, that was good, right? The song where they all kind of start singing about their how they still want to be kids again, and it, you know, it, it they have gone through the children of Riverdale have gone through a number of traumas, you know, as we've established. <laughs> Archie has been buried alive. Uh, they've, they've <laughs> survived a serial killer and like a cult, you know, leader and all of this, and so it start yeah with with Cheryl and TT. Uh, you know, kind of coming back together and being like, we don't actually even really want to break up. And then parallel to that, Betty and Jughead, not to jump ahead. Which, oh man, how do... Jughead sing. The second he opened his mouth to sing, because as you know of the episode last year, he refused to be a part of it. And I supported it. He said, I don't care. I supported Jughead for not singing. How much money... Did they pay him 
to make him sing because he knew it. They knew everyone wanted it. How much money did they pay him to make him sing? So, so Cole's. We know for a fact that it wasn't just Doughead's character. It was Cole Sprouse saying, "No, I won't sing." I yes, uh-huh. yeah, no. That was straight up. That was actually him saying. He's like, "I do not sing. I don't want to sing." And I, I actually found this, I found this interview, which I feel like was a lot of like boy shade, but also not boy shade. It was KJ Appa and um, Reggie, they were being interviewed, and KJ Appa said, I'm excited for them to see Cole sing, for sure. I think we're all excited that he's finally going to be a part of the musical, which I feel like was him being like, oh, this boy don't want to do this. And he is being forced to do this because the fans really wanted it. And then Sprouse said, honestly, at this point, Riverdale is whatever it is week to week. So the musical episode seems pretty right on target for the narrative of our show. (laughs) Just throwing all of the shade at the show of the fact that it doesn't make any sense anyway. That's So I guess I'll just be a part of it. Oh, it's because that's the thing is that I do. Of course, I love my Juggy, but it seems that he is just as um, broody and stuck up in real life as he is in the show, which uh-huh. I think is why he's so good at it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that that works. I I was I was just I was dreading it because I was like, I know he doesn't want to sing. It's so clear that it's clear that Jughead the character doesn't want to sing. Like it doesn't work for Jughead the way that it works for Archie because Archie's just like, yeah, whatever, you know, like down for anything. Like watching Archie dance, it's embarrassing, but it still makes sense kind of in a yes. way, or at least it did to me this time more than last time. But Jughead they were in that fucking trailer and I'm, I was just like don't sing Jughead don't, don't sing, sing. Don't, don't give sing. in Juggy and then he opened his mouth and sang and I found it extremely uncomfortable that part was <laughs> I actually started suspending my disbelief again because I was just so hung up on the fact that Jughead didn't sing last time and did sing this time but you know what not a bad voice so this is Gideon and I got into a big fight about this how because I was like none of these voices are real and he was like what are you talking about of course all the voices are real and they're real I they sound so fake and I know that it's probably auto-tune or whatever but like it's it yeah. sounds like overdub like it does not sound like any to, to me any of them it does not sound like any of their voices singing no but it is actually them because I looked into it and they did go into the studio I think that they put a lot of zhuzh on it uh-huh. but they all did really sing it even Jughead man his voice during his song I was like this is painful it does not sound like him at all it sounds like somebody with a totally different voice it's him or at least that's what they're claiming so uh-huh. I'll take that to the bank I know that they did all go in and do all of the recordings of it because I guess the recordings of it took a lot longer this time than it did with Carrie the musical and I think that was something that um Cheryl Blossom was saying in an interview essentially like yeah, we didn't put enough effort into it last year. So I think that they like doubled up the amount of work and time they put into it, uh-huh. which is why I think it did sound so good, but also why it didn't really sound like them. <laughs> it just sounds, uh, maybe, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I was <laughs> just like really struggling with the part. Last time and this time both, even though I liked this episode a lot better, every time they sing, it just sounds like, so like Mickey Mouse Club, like he yeah, like the like the voice, like oh I, oh, I can't cope. Honestly, it wasn't until because I 
All right, also confession time. Usually she sings really well, but I didn't like Josie's singing in this episode. I thought it was very like, ah, and I just, it sounded more like whining than singing. I was like, but Josie, I usually love your voice. And I just was not into it in this episode. Yeah, she sounded different in this episode. All the voices just sounded so overproduced and so... Uh yeah, so kind of bubblegummy, Mickey Mousey, but maybe that's just how they had to make it sound like they were singing, like would, they were singing <laughs> and then make it sound good. I guess. I guess. I and 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 I was so upset. I was like, this has to all be fake voices. And Gideon was like, pointed me towards the making of. Heather's the musical uh, production on YouTube. Oh, there was there was a thing on it. There That's was a great. Riverdale <laughs> made making of like behind the scenes, so you can watch how they did it. And he was like, "If you're such a skeptic, watch how they did it," which I have not done and probably won't do because I have no. a really weird feeling whenever I see the actors of Riverdale be themselves because I don't want to see it. Like when Cheryl, when the actress who plays Cheryl is just being herself, I'm like, no. No, you don't exist. You only exist as Cheryl. She's so bubbly. See, I do follow all of them on Instagram fairly closely. But I, what I do, because I, I watch all that stuff, though, because I love seeing how close of friends they all really are. And that's very sweet. And I like all... There's just so... It's like, I don't have this with most other shows, but like... Uh, they're so I know them only since I know them only as the characters and I don't know any of them except for Cole Sprouse as from any other work they've ever done like I it weird it gives me like a sense of disorientation when I see them being like not Cheryl I'm like you can't be not Cheryl. You only are Cheryl, you know? And like, you same, only are Cheryl. Same with KJ Appa when he speaks in his New Zealand accent. It really, KJ really, Appa. It really freaks me out. <laughs> um, I will say that I was upset that they didn't use like, fuck me gently with a chainsaw or um, what's what's the other like big line from Heather's? Uh, d- oh, did, it, did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Like those like iconic lines from Heather's. I was a little upset that they didn't include that, but I figured that they couldn't. Yeah, or I love my dead gay son. Yeah, and it, which is, so, I mean, maybe that's a little too touchy for right now. And especially since, like, Hermione Lodge said, I can't believe you're doing a musical about teenage suicide, which, yeah, I mean, you know, you're right with a bunch of violence in it. Um, but it makes sense, at least. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, I guess that's true. It it, it walked, yeah, I feel like uh, Riverdale, you know, Riverdale works because it's like, while it is a show about teens exposed to endless trauma, it's actually just about, there's nothing serious about it at all. Um, Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like how, uh, how Jughead was acting when it came to his childhood trailer being stolen and used as a fizzle rocks lab, which I feel like of all of the things that are going on, you being upset that, I mean, I know that it sucks because it is his childhood home being used as a Fizzle Rocks lab, but also bigger picture here, you know? Yeah. Just more be upset that it's a Fizzle Rock lab. You know that it's going to happen. At least you know exactly where it is and like how to get in and destroy it. I just can't believe that these fuckers didn't learn their lesson. I know it's two different characters than before, but once again, we are burning 
drug lab equipment. It didn't work last time. It didn't work this. It's not going to work this time. It feels like even though it's different characters, it feels like I actually got a little annoyed with Riverdale because it felt like a re- plot recycling point. Like we already did this. We already burned all we the drug it. materials and it went we wrong. It. And now they're burning all the drug materials again. It feels silly. But also it was really silly because like they're so uh, Jughead and Betty are about to leave to go to the musical and Gladys Jones and FP are getting ready to go too and then Gladys watch it like where are you guys going they're like oh we just got a thing to do before we get to the musical and then that is the exact time that the trailer is exploded and then they show up at the musical covered in dirt do you (laughs) do you really not think that very smart murderer Gladys Jones is not going to figure out who did this do it at another time when you don't have your mother watching you leave the house to go and do it. Although I will say, baller fucking move to set a Fizzle Rock slab on fire and then immediately fuck in the car in front of the fire. <laughs> baller move. Bit of a baller move. And then go to a musical and have Jughead be in the musical without ever having attended a single rehearsal. Nope, he's just in it. He's just he's just doing it. But of course, they had to do that to set up for the big ending because everybody had to see this. So let's let's back up. Let's get let's get into the farm part. Yes, of this yes, episode, good. Shall because we? I think the, the the most important things we need to talk about are the ending, uh, because oh, damn, and right. the big fun party scene hosted by the farm. Oh my God, do we have have things to discuss. Let's talk about Kevin. We need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> we have to we save need to this talk about boy. Kevin. <laughs> we have to save him. We have to save him, but I will say, love the poofy hair. Yeah, yeah, that was a good look. So as we all know, the musical is being produced by the farm, and then on top of it, Evelyn Evernever comes in as the co-director as well with Kev. And Kev is already being taken over by the farm. So then you got this bitch coming in here, also working with him, which Kevin likes to work alone, and we all fucking know that. Betty said, Kevin, you always direct the musical by yourself. Always, I think, is just once, but, you know. And, yeah, and- yeah, 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 yeah. But it's always. <laughs> it's always. Now it's canon. And it did re- result in the death of a student, but I love that that didn't stop them from continuing to produce another musical. Hell no. And also about teenage murder, which <laughs> yeah. is it juicy? Let's put it on the stage. <laughs> so we know that Evelyn has nefarious plans. She starts it off, although I will say I have done plays like that before where everyone's like laying on the floor where you do it's like the viewpoints thing of like tapping into the other parts of your body and like going through the things that make you like have breakdowns. I've done that before. So I actually get why she's using that as a tactic to get into their brains, even though at first it ain't working. Definitely. No, it was actually very clever to be like, listen, all of the bonding of like theater is like cult adjacent enough that I can just very much swoop in here and kind of redirect your actor uh, method uh, psychology work Bullshit. to being yeah. uh, work that we do in the service of getting you into the farm. Because it, it's very similar to what, remember when Alice went through this when she was joining the farm, when she told them all of her secrets. Right. 
So they like to have that stuff over them. But I was wondering, I was like, okay, so this ain't working. Bitch gotta fucking change it up. Which she does by having a cast party at the farm before the musical in full costume. Which that was a bit of a stretch. I get it. They were trying to get the musical number down. They are trying to get the big fun to happen. However... Hell no, I wouldn't show up at that, but I love that it was filled with booze and filled with drugs, so obviously the farm does not have a problem with any of those things. Well, that was one thing, as much as I was completely ready on this episode to suspend my disbelief about basically everything, the fact that Evelyn is like, let's all go out to the farm, which is also these Sisters of Quiet Mercy, uh, and do this party, and... You can see in the shot Archie in the background just being like, yeah, all right, great. Like, and I'm like, cool. fucking Archie, Betty's your best friend. And she's certainly been talking to you about all of her. You certainly know that Betty's mother has been like abducted by the farm. And like, and so has Kevin. And so is half the fucking town. Yes. And half the fucking town. And so the fact that the kids who haven't been, who are also, again, Betty's best friends are just like, yeah, let's go out to the farm. This sounds fun. Like, with, you know, without an explicit... I mean, Betty had her plan to kind of go and, like, you know, she went skeptically. Suss out the situation. But everyone else is like, yeah, let's go fucking take all these drugs at the farm. Like, they don't have reason to understand that that's exactly what the farm does, get people all fucked up on drugs, and then seduce them. Right? And then so she gives Kevin the brownie, which you're in the middle of directing a musical. I'm assuming that this means it's probably the night before the show. And she gives the director a fucking crazy times brain brownie? What do you do? Like, you don't do that. Like, she obviously doesn't care about the show. And that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Everybody can't get hammered and make a bunch of mistakes the night before a show. That's why you do the cast party after the show. So everybody can get fucked up and make all their mistakes and not have to see each other in rehearsal the next day. Yes. And also, again, not in costume. What if you spill that bright blue liquid on your costume? They were all drinking the oh, same drink. Oh, God, the jello shots. But do you think that there was something else in those drinks? Like, she did give the, the, the mushroom brownie to Kevin, but, like, as soon as I saw that there was, like, only one tray of drinks and that they all looked the same, I was like, oh, they're drugging everybody right now. But I wonder what it is because I feel like, obviously it has something to do with Fizzle Rocks. But I don't know if you noticed, in the background of Big Fun, in, like, the big scene of it, there was a girl dressed as a gargoyle king with, like, the headpiece on, like, partying with everybody else, which that is not a part of the musical. And the fact that the jello shots were blue, like what they drink from the gargoyle king cups Uh and that what people die from. Yep. So I wonder if it's a light dosing of whatever that is, because obviously G&G and the farm are going to come together at some point. Definitely. So was that a way to get them into the the game as well as the farm, or is it just another way in that, like, is G&G the way into the farm the way, like, drinking and sinning is also the way into the farm? I... Th- I- I, I I think that we have to go, we have to jump to what happens at the end because I don't know how to make sense of what happens. But before we jump to what happens at the end, we have to discuss the private rehearsal they were having yes. at the, que- the, the uh, Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Yes, you're right, yes. Because... <laughs> Because Betty finds out that there's a there's a private rehearsal. So this is also after the big party that they have. 
they share their secrets, which I also think that part of them getting, like, part of Evelyn's idea of getting them fucked up was to have them make mistakes, like Josie and Archie being way more open with them kissing, like Veronica and Reggie getting back together, to make the sins happen for them to have something to confess. Yes, the next day. So that then they were in her, yes. Yes, and because, right, you're right. I forgot about that. The next day at rehearsal, she's like, uh, does anyone want to talk about the things that are, you know, upsetting them and the mistakes they've made and the things that are on their mind, right? At While well, everyone's sitting there hungover from having been at this party. And then, right, after, and then it comes out that Veronica, even though she just hooked up with Reggie again, is like, my parents are separating. Um, and and all these secrets come out. All these secrets come out. Josie, and it, it comes out that Josie and Archie are dating and, and all of that. And so, right, I think that she, right, that was very clearly a calculated um, moved, moved you know to have the party get everybody all fucked up and then even if she wasn't kind of directly converting them all to 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 have something on them to have their weaknesses but then she's clearly working I mean she already has Kevin but what right. Betty saw was working on something way more advanced so because you also notice that the, the people that were involved in the private rehearsal were also some of the ones like Fangs that also had something to confess about how he feels so guilty about Midge's murder. And and Kevin also feels obviously very guilty because, you know, Midge up on the wall, which good for her for getting another day rate. She's up on the wall <laughs> and it says all your it's all your fault. You killed me, Kevin. You know, so the the guilt is alive, which is part of the reason why between that and everything that happened with um not Moose. What's his name? Sexy that went off to the ROTC. That was Moose, wasn't it? Was that Moose? But that's what yes. I, I was having a hard time under remembering because yeah, that was Moose. But also Moose had been with Midge, I think. Right. So so it's all that guilt coming together, which makes it makes it understandable of how he was so easily drawn into the farm. So what Betty sees, I'm still trying to put together. So Betty finds the private rehearsal at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. She's looking through the door, which ridiculous that no one noticed that she just opens up the door and starts filming. But it's Evelyn Edgar ever. Never, 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 <laughs> never. Evelyn ever, never. It's so difficult to say. <laughs> Evelyn or whatever is at the front. Everybody's wearing white. Kevin and Fangs are on their knees facing each other in front of an altar. And then there's a bunch of people in white on the sides. And they're all wearing 3D glasses. <laughs> are they? I didn't notice that. <laughs> they're all wearing 3D glasses. White 3D glasses, which I don't get. But I think it has something to do with those jello shots yeah visions and whatnot and visions but at the same time i, I mean what <laughs> i've tripped many a time in my life uh you don't need 3d glasses to see <laughs> you ain't need no props that shit just right there so i don't know it has to be what does it mean did kevin and fangs get married that's what i thought it looked like a marriage even though they were both on their knees, it looked like a marriage. Because they kiss, which also, yes, please, would watch that tape. <laughs> but what happened? What do you... Th so if they did get married, what is the point? Why would... It, when Fangs hasn't been brought into the farm yet, unless he has, and we don't know about it yet. I have no answers for that. And I... I all I can say about that scene and the final scene in which it should be pointed out that everyone from the farm seems to wear white all the time, right? Evelyn wears, yes. was wearing white the night of the show. Uh, 
they were all wearing white in this little ceremony with Kevin and Fangs. I don't know what it was. It was like any good, really scary story because uh, I have no idea what the fuck is going on, but I was extremely scared. I because this is what I love about this show so much. They did stick the landing in the way that they really tried and attempted to do with the Carrie episode. That ending was just goddamn creepy. It was so creepy. We've got the cast up on stage and they're doing their final number and everyone's standing up there singing. And then it's a big feel good musical song about how they're all yes. going to not be stopped and they're going to keep coming together. Keep and, on going. Yeah. And number one, no one immediately starts clapping. Which I thought was just weird anyway. Why I, I didn't understand why it was like, this is an audience filled with parents. Everyone immediately is like, my kid is the best. <laughs> I love my kid. She's the best one up there. Or at least maybe that was just my mother when I would perform. But <laughs> I, so it, to complete silence, and then you see Chad Michael Murray stand up. We now know, we knew this before and because everything came out. He is Edgar Evernever. This is Poppy. We got Poppy Farm standing up, doing the slow clap. And then it didn't even become a fast clap. It wasn't a regular slow clap. Then it was just a chant of clapping and clapping. Rhythmic clapping. Why? They're all dressed in white. They were all dressed in white and they're all standing up and everyone else is still seated and kind of creeped out by it. Interspersed throughout the crowd. Right. The auditorium is filled with parents and then maybe a third of them interspersed everywhere like the scene from Love Actually with all the band members. (laughs) They all stand up and they're all wearing white and they all do this rhythmic fucking creepy clapping and thank you for saying it was Chad Michael Murray. I knew it was another like aughts teen star uh not a 90s teen star but an aughts teen star and i was like who the fuck is that but they so they're all standing up rhythmically clapping at the end of a musical and it fucking gave me the willies man it was terrifying yeah dude and i wonder if he had some sort of control over the rest of the audience you know what i mean because no one else reacted, because no one else did anything, I feel like he had some sort of, like, magical brain hold on everybody else, right? Like they were all frozen. Yeah. I feel like it had something to do, because they didn't show... I mean, the lodges were right in the front. Yeah. I mean, FP was... It's like, I feel like FP is so proud of his boy. He would have stood up and started screaming. Yeah, right. Why are they... Unless... What I assumed was... I don't know why they didn't all clap at first, but what I assumed was that everybody else stayed sitting because they were all so fucking scared. And, and, I mean, it definitely could be that. I have no idea. Well, I've, I don't know. I don't know what his powers are, but obviously they are, are big and they are taking over and we have to be scared of him. We are Gilmore Girls, One Tree Hill level scared of Chad <laughs> Michael Murray. And I think that he plays a really good, I think he's going to be a really good bad daddy, but also another member of Bad Daddy Brigade. Yes, bad, but like slightly younger Bad Daddy Brigade. Yeah. He seems so young. I mean, I think that he's, well, I think he's probably like 10 years younger than everybody else, uh-huh. for sure. Yeah, because yeah, Luke Perry was what? He, he was 51? 52, he's yeah. He's 37 years old, yeah. Uh-huh. So he is definitely a lot younger than the other daddies, but I mean, doesn't keep him from having a 17-year-old, that's for sure, which means he was young, which I wonder if he started the farm or if he was raised in some sort of cult kind of thing and why he's keeping it together you know Uh what i mean yep yeah yeah 
Yep. But that Gargoyle King was at the big fun party. There's, this is all, this is going to come to a head very soon. And this episode is exactly what we needed because we were talking about the buildup, the buildup, the buildup. Yeah. And then now it's all just finally foaming together at yeah. the top. Yeah, that ending scene really, like, that was one of the more viscerally creepy powerful scenes in Riverdale in a long time like it really got me they they did a really really great job we didn't even get into like the whole Hermione Lodge and Hiram Lodge thing they are getting a divorce but also just side note real fast Hermione's sad crying face is horrible (laughs) she looked I was just like what is happening maybe it's just she has so much Botox that her face doesn't move so it's just like yeah it's just a little pout but it was it was weird and the, the, the fact that like but then Veronica really wanted the two of them to come to the musical together as one happy memory from the family to like to create one more happy memory but why did she need them there does she have something to do with the farm there's definitely an ulterior motive of Veronica's to be like both you have to both come together but I don't think it has to do with the farm I think that it probably okay. There is some other reason why she needed them there sitting together, but I don't know what that would be. There's something. But there There's is something. something. I don't know what it is yet, but also I really did. Um, I I love that. Uh, I but I guess our Ronnie is is Reggie back or Veggie is Veggie back on. <laughs> uh, it seems like they're actually having better. Honestly, I think they're having better open communication than Veronica and Archie ever did. Like they in this episode, they like sat together and like. You know, Veronica was like, I didn't only get with you because I was going through something painful. And Reggie was like, yeah, I didn't accuse you of that, but I wish that you had told me. Like, I actually thought that that was like a decently healthy level of communication for teenagers who had just hooked up awkwardly. For sure, especially after breaking up. And I mean, he was, you know, one of the two single straight dudes doing some theater, which that line was pretty great. That line, I was like, why are we... Like, that line annoyed me because I was like, what... I know so many straight guys that yeah. do theater. I know so many straight men that do theater. Yeah, straight men do. It felt, it felt needlessly... I feel like Riverdale is just so good at, like, normalizing gender a different gender and sexuality stuff that like the fact that they were like oh a straight guy doing theater felt like very 90s to me it did and also it's like sweepy and fangs were there yeah they're both straight like, <laughs> single guys that are doing theater i don't too, know whether that line anyway. was just supposed to speak to reggie's own idiocy or insecurity or something but it did it reminded me I of like what it is. in the 90s and the 2000s when boys my friends were boys would be straight would do theater and everybody would be like oh yeah right straight yeah. <laughs> it just felt <laughs> it felt kind of old-fashioned it, it definitely did. But I will say that uh, I think it was on Den of Geek that they brought up that whipping hair sound effects were uh, used a lot in this episode. And I hope that they're here to say the <laughs> every time they flip their Heather's hair, which I don't know if you notice it, but it's am- it's amazing. They included so many whipping sa- hair sound effects. Wow. I didn't notice. I wanted to stay. I'm I'm <laughs> all here for it. So a lot happened in this episode. But it was a great episode. It was. I really did enjoy it. And I and I hope that you guys enjoyed it too. Uh, because there's a lot going on and baby, we're ramping up to the end of this season. I feel like which right? Yeah. I mean, I don't well, I say yes, but part of my problem with watching Riverdale is that I don't it's not like with an I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is. And uh, you know, I know last year it went all the way till, you know, May, but but I don't yeah. know how long this season is going. There, okay, there are twenty-two 
episodes. And and do we know what episode, what number we like how far through the season? This is number 16. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Okay, so we got time. We got, we time. got time for more set em ups and knock em downs. Lots of places and to go. I am here for it. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on Riverdale Roundup. Man, you know, that song does get stuck in my head. It's a very good the song. Own, my own silly song <laughs> gets stuck in my head all the time. So we will be back next week with Chapter 52, The Master. And I can't wait for it. It really did. It, when they all stood up at the end, I was just like, this is a great episode. And I cannot wait for the next episode. Yeah, we're going to find out what the fuck is up with Edgar Evernever. Here we are. What's everybody on in the town? It can't just be Fizzle Rocks. <laughs> we know better than that. We love you guys so much. And, uh, hell, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.